a conference this past week and a pastor said this, you can't run your race at somebody else's pace. You can't run your race at somebody else's pace. We live in a generation in society today where comparison is such a huge deal. And I'll be honest with you, some of you guys need to adapt that I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing, I'm gonna do me. You know, you, I do me, you do you. You gotta be who God's called you to be. You gotta find out what he wants you to be and find out who he's called you to be and then run that race and run it at the pace that God's called you to run your race. I can't run your race, I can't, you can't run my race, you can't do what I'm doing, I can't do what you're doing, but if everybody does what they're supposed to do, the kingdom of God works out the way it's supposed to work out, amen? So that was sermon number one. Can you give me an acronym? No one's ever said, hey, can you give me an acronym for miserable? <laughs> no, but I know this. You want joy in your life. Jesus first, others second, and you last. And I heard this this week. If someone has, you can't take anything from a person who has joy. I was like, dang. My phone is full of notes. We were gone for four days, and I was just sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. I was like, you can't take away anything from a person who has joy. I want to show you a picture of, of our kids in case you're new today to this environment. Um, that's what they look like. Obviously, they got most of their skin color from their mom, and um, I'm a little bit darker than them, but they are my kids. Um, that's Hope, the nine-year-old that she sang today, and my six-year-old son, Trip. and I just started baseball this past week and um, here at the YMCA, which we love the YMCA and our partnership with them. And then um, the, the girl that's right in front of my son, you would think, oh, that's your, that's your three-and-a-half-year-old. And the boy next to him, he's your two-and-a-half-year-old. Nope, they're twins. Uh, she just got him on the height, and um, she bullies him around. So pray for her and pray for him because he's the recipient of that. But that's our kids. And, you know, a lot of times we, 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 focus our, we focus our life on that. I could post that picture on social media today and get likes, and people will say, oh, you're cute. your kids are cute. But if you're in here today, you realize that parenting is nothing like that picture. No. Can I give you a better picture of what parenting is like? Because I want to make sure you got it. The other day, I put the twins in the bathtub together, and, um, and, and that, that kind of just keeps them corralled. I'll be honest with you guys. If, you, if mom's in here today, when Dinah says, Moms, how, do you, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I totally relate because I'm with those little kids a lot. I, I like to think that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good, good dad to those kids, and um, I, I spend a lot of time with them. I love hanging out with them 90% of the time, and, um, but I'm joyful for a break. Very, very joyful for a break. But the other day, um, Sayla goes, Judah. That's the girl. That, she's like, Judah, you don't do that. You don't do that, Judah. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, I'm like, she's, apparently she has all under control because she's explained to him what he should and shouldn't be doing. So I'm like, cool. And I just let him sit in there as long as I can, as long as it's, it's, it can't be too quiet because that's a bad sign. But as long as there's noise going on, you know they're, they're surviving. You know what I'm saying? The water's splashing. That's a good sign. And, and Judah, you don't do that. And I was like, what did he do? I walked in, and she's like, Judah, you don't do that. She, was, she couldn't get on my, but she's looking down at the water. So I go in the water, I look down. He had pooped in the water. Yeah, he did. That happened. And, uh, and you know, and moms, I think I did what the, most moms would do to sell. I don't know, but I think I did what I did. But I had a split second. I'm like, what do I do? And I was just like, I, I just looked down, I was like, Judah, why'd you do that? And I'm like, man, and I was like, it felt like 10 minutes, I was like, but I was like, you know what, it's got to get out of there. I just went, Goom. and picked it up, threw it in the toilet, and when I threw it in the toilet, it was just like, boom. He dropped, and it was awesome. I wasn't mad because like, it, was so, it was so consistent and solid, like it could have been worse, you know? So I yanked, the, I yanked the girl out, Selah, and then someone told me later, I was like, why didn't you use a cup? I'm like, that would have took longer, you know? Like I had to get that thing out of there, I don't want my kids to get sick, but I, I yanked my daughter out, and I let him stay in there because you, sometimes you, get, you deserve to sit in your own, you know? So I take her out, and I put her in the shower and turn the shower on, 
and I begin to let the water out, and I begin to wash him and let the water drain out, and then I wash him while the water's on. I'm like, you don't get to play any longer. You've messed up your own situation. So I end up getting But that really is like what parenting is really like. That's, that is nothing. That's, that was, that was, people are like, oh, your kids are so good. They're smiling. That's so awesome. Like, because the photographer had a lollipop in her hand. You know, but we post these things on social media. We're like, that's what parenting is like. And it's really nothing like that. It's more like the other story. It's, it's more like that. And, and life's like that, too. A lot of times we post what that, we post the pictures where it looks right, our hair is just right, or the perfect outfit. We post that picture and we want everyone to like it. But we sometimes realize we don't even, we like that picture, but we don't like our current reality. Which is why we tried so hard to make sure that picture looks so good. But that's really what parenting is like. I wrote down this today. Parenting, we're going to talk today about parenting and how to pray for your kids. And, and by the way, if you're in here today and you're like, well, I'm not a parent, um, these, all these things will apply to you as well. Just like Diana's illustration applied to all, all of us as well. Parenting, um, and maybe you don't parent someone, maybe you don't have kids. And, and uh, just a quick commercial, um, a lot of this section over here today is from a Christian school called University Christian School. And you never ever forget your beginnings. You never ever forget your beginnings, and you should never ever forget your beginnings, but that's where I started my ministry at in Jacksonville, Florida, and I started off as a junior high youth pastor. I was telling um, some of these, these guys in here today, I was like, you know what, I was a junior high youth pastor. I was a good youth pastor, but I was a terrible teacher. But you, those two things, you think, oh, they're the same thing, but they're nothing alike. On, on Wednesdays and Sundays, people actually want to come and see you. Monday through Friday, the kids don't like you at all, you know, and so I learned that year was a very, very, very tough time. I was such a bad employee, just so you're wondering, like, you got to make sure that you're running the race that God's called you to race. You got to run and make sure you're running in your gifting. I was so bad, Matt. The, the principal said to me, either I'm going to quit or I'm going to fire you. And so bad news for him. He got fired. But I'm like, you shouldn't have wished that on yourself, you know, but I got fired. And I, I was a bad, bad, bad employee. I was a terrible employee. I was no, I was a terrible teacher. But I survived, and um, it, I know this one thing for sure. We had a lot of fun in that class. But I was a bad employee, and you got to be a good employee. But I, know, I, I realize this, and I'm, I'm thankful that they're here today. They're a band here today, and they were at, um, at a competition yesterday. But I realize this. Outside of, marriage and, and outside of marriage, parenting is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. All the parents say amen. Yeah, some of you guys are like about to go Pentecostal. You're like, yes, God, please help me, Jesus. It is hard. I'm weary. I'm tired. I can't do it any longer. But parenting is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. But I also realize this. You don't have to be a perfect parent, but you got to be a praying parent. You don't got to be a perfect parent, and those don't exist. Like the pictures, that's just a moment. That was a quick snap, and we throw it up on Facebook. And after it took 15 minutes to get the right caption, once we got the caption right, then we put it up there. But but you can't be a perfect parent, but you can be a, a praying parent. I'm going to speak to you today out of a frustration, um, or not a frustration, but I'm going to speak to you today out, 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 of, out of a weakness. Because I'll be the first one to say here, I'm, I'm not a praying parent. But I know this thing. After today, and hopefully you'll sign up with me and you'll join in with me, and there's not going to be a sign-up sheet. But I, I, after I begin to pray through this and begin to look at what this looked like, I want to realize I want to be a praying parent. Because I know for sure I can't be a perfect parent. And I know that, but I want, I want to be a, a praying parent. When you leave today, every parent here today will leave with a book called Praying Circles Around Your Children. Praying Circles Around Your Children. And there's a, this book, um, when, when you read it, there's five different circles in this book. And I want to walk through five of those circles with you really, really quick with you today. And then we're going to baptize some people in the name of Jesus. And um, it's one of those weird things that church people do. Like, why do people, why are they holding them under the water for so long? Sometimes you got to hold them on there extra longer, but... We're going to baptize some people, and then we're going to hug it out, and we're going to be gone. But everyone will get this book when you leave today. Make sure you, you don't leave without it. Um, but I believe that God's called us to, to pray for our kids. In the Bible, in Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19, 
The Bible says this, arise during the night and cry out. In context of parenting, how many of you moms have ever rose in the middle of the night and cried out? <laughs> I have. Um, and I'm not even a mom. I'm just crying out. I'm just like, why are they in here? You know, or I'm crying out, dying to get them out of here. You know, and so, but I, the Bible says, arise during the night and cry out. And if you don't have, if, you're, if you haven't rose and cry up yet, don't worry. They're going to become middle school and high school students, and then you're definitely going to be crying and praying in the middle of the night. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to him in prayer, which is where we get that from. Some people in the church today in America are so anti the hands being raised. And I heard someone say this recently. If we want the same results like they did in the Bible, maybe we should start doing some things that we see in the Bible. But he says, man, I want to lift my hands and I want to pray and ask, ask God, pleading for my children. When I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm going to pour out my heart. God, this is what I need. Some of you guys in here say you, you can't pray to God um, like you're talking to, you know, like you're trying to get a job. You know, you can't pray to God like you're, you're you need to pray to God like open, serious, open, transparent, like have a hard, hard conversation with them. And he won't be offended by your prayers. Like, God, my kid is a, you know, train wreck. Just tell him that. Like, however you talk, that's how you talk to God and you got to pray you would be praying for your kid and begging God for your kid. And you can talk honest to God. You can talk transparent to God. It'll get you further the more real you talk to him. And um, you'll see that he begins to answer and listen. But rise during the night. Pour out your hearts to God like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands in prayer, pleading for your children. For in every single street, uh, for, for in every street they are faint with hunger and lamentations. And we got to cry out and we got to beg for God, for our kids. And we got to be going to God for our kids. And we got to be going to God for our kids. And we got to be praying for them. We got to be praying for them. We got to be praying for them and praying for them. And by the way, if your kid's going through a tough time, like, man, my kids, my prayers are too late. It's never too late to start praying for your kids. It's never too late to start praying for your kids because I'm starting now. <laughs> and so you can join with me. Like, I haven't prayed for my kids. And my kid's nine, six, and two and a half. And I've prayed for them a couple times. Don't get me wrong. But most of the times my prayers are like this. My, the twins are like, Dad, pray for us. I'm like, I got this. No problem. And this is how my prayer goes. Just like this, right before I put them in bed, I give them bottles. Don't judge us. They're two and a half. They still use bottles. But if you have twins, you can judge us. If you don't have twins, you can't because you don't get it. But I, we give them their bottles. And I hope Sayla's new thing is so cute. Now she double fish. She takes, I give her the bottles. I go, but he's in the, in the crib. She takes both, puts them out, and just walks like this. <laughs> two bottles in her mouth. And I love that my prayers typically go like this for the two and a half year old twins. Um, I say, dear Jesus, help hope, uh, help Judah. I, I just like that. I don't even know their names. I'm like, help Judah and help Selah to stay in their beds so we don't have to give them a spanking spoon. And Jesus say me praying, amen. And I walk out. I mean, that's literally how the, the, prayer, the prayer goes. And it's cool because we pray with them, we pray with them a lot. Um, we don't pray for them enough, but we, we have prayed for them some. But, and a lot of times, Trip he likes to prolong the sleep situation a lot better than the other kids do. And so we pray for him. And, and uh, Sayla, my two-and-a-half-year-old, is like, hey, we have to pray, pray, for Judah, pray for Trip. And so Trip gets in bed. And usually we try to put Trip in bed a little bit sooner because he is not the most likely kid to get up in the morning with a smile on his face. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting that. So we put him in bed, and the twins will literally walk in at me, and let's pray. And, and we'll, we'll bow our heads, and, and we'll close our eyes, and, and Sayla will go dear Jesus and then she'll look over at me <laughs> and I'm like you want me you know, it's like she's like tagging me and she's like hey it's your turn and so I dear Jesus be with Trip." and I always pray this for our kids I'm like God help Trip to have a good day uh help thank you for the day that you've given him I pray for him at nighttime thank God for the day that you've given Trip, and 
And I pray that you, I thank you for the, we got to, um, he got to go to the farmer's market with, with, with my dad. He loves going to the farmer's market with my dad. Every Saturday he wakes up, he's like, let me go to the farmer's market with my dad. And sometimes he likes to go with my brother, Lathan, and, but mostly with my dad. No offense to you, Lathan. And um, he's like, I want to go with my dad. And oh, it's because my dad buys him like, a, you know, an icy on the hour, every hour. And then he makes them walk him over to Urban Flats. My kid's never been to Urban Flats, but my dad takes them to Urban Flats. And so my kids ask me to take them to Urban Flats. I'm like, I can't afford a $15 pizza pizza, so we don't go to Urban Flats. And he's like, so he's like, I want to go to Urban Flats. So we go to Libya. She's like, hey, can I go to Urban Flats? I'm like, no, no. We're going to Jersey Mike's. It's, it's expensive too, but we can get a little further along with our $15. And I'm like, let's go. And, and um, but he loves, loves going to them. So we pray. And I, I, I just say, dear Jesus, thank you for all the things. Thank you for that we got to go to the farmer's market today. Thank you that we got to, thank you that trip went with me to set up yesterday. And, and um, whether he wanted to or not, I'm glad that he went and we had a good time. And Lord, I pray that you would help him. And um, Armando came last night with his two boys. And I, and I said to him, hey, did you have fun hanging out with Armando's son? He's like, dad, those boys, they have names. You know, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm not the children's pastor, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to remember all the, all the parents' names. He's like, they have names, and he won't tell you what they are, and he's like, da-da-da-da, and, and um, <clears throat> Tyler's one of them, right? Yeah, 50%'s not bad, you know? So he says to me, uh, you know, he gives me Tyler and Gabriel. That's what I was going to say, Tyler and Gabriel. Thanks for knowing that, Amy. Um, so Tyler and, and, and Gabriel, and, um, and they helped, and I said, thank you, we got to go to set up, and thank you for um, the ice cream that we had tonight, and and say this is going, thank you for the ice cream. And she's just repeating me. But we began to pray for all of them. And then I try to sneak out and go down the hall because I know my nine-year-old is going to say, Dad, you didn't pray for me. And I'm like, I want to go sit on my couch. That's why I didn't pray for you. But we got we to gotta pray, pray more for our kids. And um, in this book in here today that you're, you're going to read and um, that, you'll, that you'll get as a parent, in and, um, and page 21, you'll hear the story of where the circle maker idea came from. Um, the guy, there's a guy in D.C., um, Washington, D.C., he started a church called the, um, called the, the basically their church is in, in theaters, it's, it's theater church, but uh, Mark Batterson is up there in um, the D.C. area, and he has all these churches in, in, in theaters, seven or eight, nine different locations, and God's given a huge impact at Ebenezer's coffee shop, but he was reading one time, and, and he came across this guy by the name of Honey. And his story is this. I'm going to read to you out of the book just real briefly. Um, it hadn't rained in Israel for one entire year. No clouds in the sky, no water in the wells. Gardens did not grow. River ran dry. Dust filled the air. That is dry. No water for a whole. Could you imagine no water, no rain for a whole entire year? The people were thirsty and they were scared. They pleaded with God with one voice, Oh God, give us rain. When God did not answer right away, some feared he had forgotten about them. And just so you know in here today, this is a good point when just reading through this, like you, you may not hear God, but God always hears you. You may not hear God, but God always, always, always hears you. When they got to their desperation, they remembered something, the rainmaker, the rainmaker. Hardly anyone had seen his face, but nearly everyone had heard his, his voice. People would travel for days just to hear Honey praying inside his hut on the outskirts of Jerusalem on the outskirts of Jerusalem. His aged body was weak, but his childlike faith was strong. His prayers were so powerful that they made people weep. This guy was a prayer. And Honey that day became known as a circle maker because they walked in and said, Honey, we need water. We, there's no water, Honey. So Honey took a stick and he put it in the ground and he went just like this and drew a circle. And he got in that circle and then he fell to his knees and began to pray out for rain. And I don't know how long he prayed for, but, but the story records, the histories, this, the story of, the, of this guy, Honey, the story records that he, as he began to pray out, rain began to fall. And he did like, and, and, and the people did just like you, you and I did, they began to walk away. They began to walk 
away because the rain was coming, but Honey didn't get up and he didn't leave this circle because he, didn't, he wasn't asking for a drizzle. <laughs> he wasn't asking for a little sprinkle. He was asking for, he began to pray, that God, I pray that you would fill up the lakes. I pray that you would fill up the valleys. I pray that you would fill up the wells. I pray that there would be so much water that people wouldn't understand how great you are and how incredible you are. But he stayed there and prayed until water came down. They were like, hey, bro, quit praying. The rain's coming. And Honey's like, no, I'm going to pray because I'm asking God for greater than a little bit of rain. And so he began to pray. And that's where the, 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 the phrase, the circle maker, came from, from this guy, honing. And so I want to give you five circles to draw around your kid. Here's number one. Number one, circling the promises of God. You ought to circle the promises of God. All throughout Scripture, we see people in Scripture, and we're like, oh, man, I would love to have that. We ought to begin praying some of the circles that we see in Scripture. I love that God told Joshua, Joshua, wherever your feet go, I'm going to give you that land. But Joshua wasn't, wasn't the first one to hear that word. Moses was the first one to hear that word. So Moses never got some of the places that Joshua got, but Moses prayed way before Joshua showed up. And Joshua, um, Joshua got to inherit some of the things that God told Moses he was going to inherit. And so we have to draw circles around the promises of God. The, there's a lot of promises in Scripture, and you won't know about them until you start reading the Bible. We're a new church. We're a young church. 125 plus people have given their life to Christ in a year and a half short. And we're praying for God to do even more and do even greater things and do it over and over and over again and see more and more people. But we as Christians, we have to transform become, from becoming new believers to becoming new Bible readers. And we got to begin to read this scripture. we got to begin to circle the promises of God. If you don't have a Bible today, we want to give you a Bible. And if you don't like the Bible that we want to give you, then we'll find you a Bible that you'll like. We want to make sure you have a Bible because we want to make sure you can circle the promises of God. And if you're old school, just so you know, it's okay to write in the Bible as long as you're reading it. People that have a problem with people writing the Bible are the people that aren't reading the Bible. <laughs> like you got to find some promises in the Bible and say, I'm going to choose those. Number two, you've got to make a prayer list you got to make a prayer, prayer list. I've had parents come to me over the, generation, the, over the time that we've been in ministry. We started ministry back in 2004, and over the years, people said, hey, here's my kid's prayer list. Can you join us with us and pray over this prayer list? I'm like, prayer number, man, that's a big prayer. But parents are asking their kids, you got to have a prayer list. I don't have one for my kids. I'm telling you today, I'm speaking out of a weakness. you got to have a prayer list for your kids. How are you going to know if God's going to answer your prayer request if you don't have the list down? you got to walk around like, hey, God, answer number one. And what's cool about God answering your prayer request is you can go to people and say, you know, I, I know for, for me, I, 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 I need to pray for my kids, but I know this Adina's parents are here today, and, and, and God really convicted me of something really this week, and it's not hard for me to be transparent, but I haven't seen my grandma in a long time. And God was like, you better go see your grandma. God told me that just on, on the car ride. I was in the car for 18 hours this week. It was cool because I was with my wife, but it was no kids. That even made it extra special. Um, <clears throat> it's always nice to be looking in the rear for me and there's no kids in the back seat which hasn't happened in nine years, so, like, it's kind of weird. So, I, but I, God's like, you need, to go see your, you need to go see your grandma. God just put that in my heart. Hey, you need to go see her. But I know this. I'm here today, and I'm doing things because my parents and my grandparents prayed for me way before I ever showed up. And I, you know, I, you, I'm here today, and you don't get here to this space where what I'm doing, what I'm doing. You don't get here by accident. I believe my grandpa and my grandma, they spoke. I, just, I don't remember everything they said to me, but I remember they would tell me, hey, you're going to be a preacher one day. And I didn't know what that meant. And every preacher I saw, I don't want to be just like that. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be a preacher. And like, here I am, find myself speaking to people. And I'm living out, and I know Diana's here today, and people have prayed prayers into her life. But they, I, I guarantee the people that have prayed for her, Diana's grandma sits on her, on, her, on her chair. And I've been to her grandma's house in Tennessee, and she's got a prayer list. And she has, and she has a prayer list. you got to have a prayer list, and you'll be praying for your kids. And there's things you should be praying for them. And, and, and here's what, if you're like, well, I don't know what to pray for my kids, I don't know my list. Just look at everyone around you and look at the dysfunction 
that you see around you. You see that, you know, you can get on social media and not look very long and see kids go in places they shouldn't go. Pray that they would go to the right places. Pray that they would say the right things. You need to find some things and be asking God. Pray that they would find, they'd make the right choices in their dating life. You know, you don't want your daughter to end up with a Dustin Schneider. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding, Dustin. I'm just kidding. I love you. I love Dustin. I'd let him marry me. Um, not my daughter. I just love you. But I just, you couldn't marry my kids because there's no guy ever out there that's good enough for any, any of my girls, biological or my Cynthia's or my Jen's or my Erica's, all these kids that I've done their weddings. You got to have a prayer list. Number three, you got to create prayer mantras. You got to create some prayer mantras, and we'll get, you'll get into that one in, in chapter um, five or six in this book, but you got to have some prayer mantras where you're just making some declarations. My, my God, I'm, I'm declaring over my kid this, and it's a mantra that you put a stake in the ground. We're going we're gonna to put a stake in the ground of this church. We're putting stakes in the ground of this church. We're, we're, we're establishing a church in this place where everyone's like, I was at this conference, by the way, last, year, last week, and everyone's like, oh, my, my, my place is the hardest place to start a church. Every church planner thinks their place where they're starting a church is the hardest place to start a church. I didn't know that until I got there. I'm like, everyone's like, it's the darkest place in the world. And I'm there sitting there thinking, well, my place is the darkest place in the world, you know. And we've had 50 church plants in 10 years, and 46 of them have closed down in Winter Garden. So I'm like, what about that? You know, I'm shooting out my own statistics in my mind, you know. And I begin to say, but we're putting down stakes in the ground for this city, for the kingdom of God. We got a circle of promises of God. That one's already in there. Let me give you the next one. I wrote that one down twice. It was so good. <laughs> I'm like, I'm write that down again. Um, and then here's the last one I want to give you. You got to pray through the Bible. You got to pray through the Bible. Again, you got to be in the Bible to be able to pray through the Bible. You got to be in the Word to be able to pray the Word. You know, I, I, the, the Bible has so many things in, in there that, that we could take. That we, that we could grow from, that we could learn from, that we could become in the Bible if we would begin to pray for those things. You want your kid to have good things coming out of their mouth? When you get to, when you get to the New Testament and if you look, get to the book of Ephesians, Paul says, let no corrupt communication out of your mouth. Some of you guys need to pray that for your kid. I need to pray that for my two-and-a-half-year-old. She's like, uh, I'm like, hey, say that. And she's like, uh. I'm like, how can you be two-and-a-half and do an uh? And then I realize I have nine-year-olds that does uh. We got to pray some of those things. We got to pray that our, you want your kid, to, you want your kid to, to marry a godly young man and find some scripture in the Bible and, and, or a godly young lady, you find some scripture in there and you got to declare that scripture over your kid. We got to draw some circles around our kid. And here's what I want to say to you. Um, a few things. My first closing. Um, if you pray through you'll eventually have the breakthrough. If you pray through, you'll eventually have the breakthrough. A lot of you guys are thinking, man, God hasn't answered any of my prayer requests. And if that's you in here today, I want you to know, keep on praying. Keep on praying because God may not be doing something. I said this earlier, but he, you, you may not think that, he, you may not hear God speaking to you, but he hears you speaking to him. And I want to tell you this, that prayer makes you have the right perspective. 
prayer makes you have the right perspective. I'm here today. I'm not, I, I, you've never, ever been here before. I'm like, that guy thinks he's arrived. I know that I haven't arrived. I haven't got there. But I'll tell you this much. There's going to be things that I'm going to be praying for for my kids' lives. And God's not going to answer them the way that I think that he should answer them. But God may be not trying to teach you something about your kids. Or maybe not trying to get your kid to do something right. But maybe God might be trying to change you. Or maybe God might be trying to change me. I'll tell you what, the hardest things in life, God gets you because he wants you to become more like him in a lot of areas. Do you think having four kids will teach you patience? Amen, glory. Absolutely it will. Absolutely it will. You know, like, it will. You gotta, I mean, that'll teach you patience. Do you think having, you know, talk, having faith in God and trusting him, he's gonna see you through? Sometimes I always have this bad flash through to my mind of something bad happening. You ever had those where, these, where just bad things flash to your mind? You ever had that? Sometimes I have that about, about my kids, and I'm like, man, where did that come from? And I'm like, but I know this. There's going to be things I'm going to be disappointed or discouraged or frustrated about things I prayed for, but God may not be trying to do something in my kid's life. Maybe God might be trying to do something in my life, and my, God might be trying to do something in your life. We have to pray it through. Um, <clears throat> at the end of Honey's life, the circle maker, he was walking around. He saw this guy planting carrots. It's the whole 30 just so. And uh, there he was planting carrots. And the guy was old. And he walked up to the guy. And he says, hey, do you think, he goes, how long does it take to, and the band can come up. Because if you guys don't come up, I'm not going to finish. Um, I, got a, I got a week off last week, so I'm just amped up. I got a lot to say. The, um, he says, do you, how long does it take for, for, a, a, for a carrot carrot plant to grow? And he said, oh, it takes this. And this guy was old. He goes, like, do, you think you're, do you think you'll be around to see that whole crop harvest, do you think you'll be around that long? And he says, no. He said, really? He goes, yeah, I don't, I don't, whatever, whatever they're playing, he goes, I don't, I don't think I'll be around to see that harvest grow up. He said, really? Wow. He goes, then why are you doing it? He goes, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the next generation. He said, you see, when I was born, I saw some, some plants. I saw my grandparents planting plants, and I saw my dad planting plants, and I lived off some of those plants that they planted years before. When you pray today, it may not be for this generation, but it's, we're praying, we're praying it's, going to be, it's going to affect the next generation. Do I, want my, do I want my younger kids to get what it means to be a godly young believer and a follower of Jesus? Absolutely I do. But maybe the prayers that God prayed for me, maybe God's going to answer them in the next generation. But I'm going to draw a snake and I'm going to draw some circles around them because I want to make sure that I'm praying and asking God for things that I want to see him do down the road. The same thing as I'm praying for my kids. Do I want my kids to be able to pray those prayers for their kids? Absolutely. But I have to start the prayer tree. Did you know this? Everyone in here today, in, in here today you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a prayer genealogy. You have a prayer genealogy. It started by someone praying for you. Someone prayed for you. Did you know this? We, we, we just got done with a 21-day fast and, pray, and praying. The way we end it was in here. Did you know this, that we had people saved on Easter? And do you want to know where their pray, you want, you want to know where that prayer began for that person's life? The night before. We went through and touched every single one of our 300 chairs. The 50 chairs that we borrowed from a church across town, we, we didn't pray for about 30 chairs from back there. We had 350 plus chairs stacked in here today. We just kept on bringing chairs and bringing chairs and bringing chairs. But that prayer genealogy, that transformation happened because someone started praying for him from the night before. And we pray God begins to answer things. Answer things, answer things, answer things. And it may not be this generation. It's me the next generation. There's a squirrel in the sound system. It's sick. I didn't even know we had that. Wiki, or a DJ scratching. Wiki, wiki. Um, my daughter, is a, is a, she's a singer. You know what I know? I can't pick her path. 
but I can pray that as she walks her path, that God will use her in a great way. You can ask my dad today, my mom today, I'm not doing what my dad wanted me to be. I'm not doing what my dad told me I was gonna be one day. If I was, I would, I would, be, I would be in business and I'd be doing this. And I had uh, my mom's, countless of my mom's friends were like, hey, you're, you're a communicator. Why would you waste your time preaching to people when you could preach to so many people and help so many people? I'm like, I had to become what I wanna be in prayers give your kids a path to be who God's called them to be. I don't want, my, my daughter may not be, a, we, I, I, my, I'm, a, I'm a Beecham and we've all played sports and when we didn't want to play sports, we were made to play sports. So either way, we were playing sports and I know this, I don't want, I don't want the same thing that I wanted, that my, my parents wanted for me, that I don't want that for my kids because I just want hope to be who God's called her to be. And for you in here in this church, I want you to be who God's called you to be. Um, I want to give you three circles really quick that I'm praying for this church, and then I want to pray for the next generation, and then we're going to be done. And um, I promise. Um, we're, I'm praying three circles around our church, and I want you to pray them with us. We're praying that we'll see 50 people make a decision for Christ over the next, the next four or five, six months until two, while we're in 2017. We're praying for that. And if God goes faster than that, that's cool. If he takes longer, that's fine too. But we're praying. We've got a circles. I've got some in my notes. And I've got a circle. We're praying that we'll see 50 people move closer to Jesus Christ. We've already had 125 people. We'd love to see almost 200 people in this first two years. I love to see 100 people saved every year for the next 20 years. That's what, I would like that because that represents a life that's going to be changed for forever for all of eternity. And so we're praying for that. That's one of the circles that, that we, God's given me, and I've, I've drawn a circle around, uh, around that. And I've also prayed this. I've, I've, I'm praying that we'd have 100 people come be a part of us and live out their design that God has for their life with us. You're like, wow, that's a lot of people. We're, we're okay with that. We know we can fit more people in here today, so we're praying that God would give us more people. And we love adding chairs like we did today, but we want to add more chairs. But can I tell you what will help us reach 100 more people? What will, help us be, what will help us reach 100 more people is you and I living out the design that God's called us to live. And then people bump elbows with us and see us like, hey, man, there's something different about you. Yeah, you gotta come be a part of this thing that we're doing. It's called the church, and you gotta go with us. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta run with us. You gotta get in our lane with us and just kind of go in the same direction as we're going. So we're praying that we see 100 people live out their design. So that means they're gonna come into this place and there's gonna be, there's, someone's gonna be in your seat. Ah, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. You're gonna love it, they said. You know, like, we want to see 100 more people join us in this journey, and we want, we're praying that God will give us, that we'll go from one environment at 10.30, but we're going to go to a second environment at 9 a.m. So we'll have church that meets at 9 a.m., we'll have church at 10.30. Some of you guys are like, amen, because I like to get church over with, and then I like to go to Disney, and that's fine. It's great. Totally cool. That, that's what we're praying. Those are three circles that we've drawn for this church. All of you guys that are here today, if you pray for us, I promise you, we're going we're gonna to trust God and God's going to do all he can do. But if you pray that with us, you'll know that you're part of our prayer genealogy. And we'll take all the prayer we can get. And, um, and so those are three things that we're praying for, for us as a church and as a community. I want to let you guys know that God just gave us that on our heart today. I used to hear Diana go, Diana's dad go on trips, and every time he'd come back from a trip, he's like, here's what God told me. And I'm realizing, I'm like, man, how did God always speak to him when he's on trips? And now I'm realizing I was on a trip and God spoke to me. And sometimes being away from all your normal, God can speak to you when you're away from all your normal. Just a freebie. If you get away from all your normal and all your chaos that you're around and you're around, God can speak to you there as well. So I'm drawing those three circles, 50 people moving, making a decision to follow Jesus Christ, 100 people living out their design in our journey with us. And I'm praying that God will bring us to a 9 o'clock and a 10.30. You're like, well, how'd you know those numbers? Well, I can't move 10.30 because the Y opens at 1 p.m. So I know it's going to take us an hour and 10 minutes to have a service and 10 minutes to kick you guys out and 10 minutes to let people come in. So that's where we got that number nine. You're like, man, that was, God was so specific when he gave you that word. I know he's a specific God. Here's what I want to do. If you're in here today and you're in kindergarten.